You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Superlight Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So, what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello, and thank you for joining us for a mindful moment. There's never been a better time to build your mindfulness skills. Mindfulness not only improves your mental, emotional, and physical well-being, but provides a foundation for remaining calm during stressful challenges and events. Through mindful thoughts and actions, we can do more than just survive life's challenges. We can continue to thrive. The key to becoming more mindful is simply practice. We hope this podcast will provide you with knowledge, inspiration, and motivation. Working together, we can learn and grow from any experience. So, let's get started. We may have thought the most upsetting thing most of us have experienced in recent history was the pandemic and resulting shutdown for the past three months. And then last week, George Floyd was killed on a street in Minneapolis by a police officer, caught on video, and sparking worldwide protests. So just as we thought we were going to be set free from our homebound state, we shifted our focus to those that are not free, with or without a pandemic. I live in Los Angeles, so I am no stranger to racism or police brutality or injustice towards people of color. I'm a white female and therefore privileged in many ways, not by choice, but by the rules of society. Enjoying white privilege, I have no right to suppose that I understand how black people feel. I have certainly felt the sting of discrimination entering the workforce when women had few rights, and I have been frustrated for over 40 years over how slowly things change. For example, we almost make as much money per hour as men now for the same amount of work. Almost. We almost ratified the ERA last year when the 38th state finally agreed, but a group of mostly men decided that the clock had run out and it therefore didn't count. So again, almost. These examples pale in comparison to what black people face in this country. I've been waiting 48 years for equality, at least on paper. They've been waiting hundreds of years for basic human rights. And of course, there's no comparison in the types, intensity, and multiple systemic levels of discrimination that black people endure. I thought things would change after the Rodney King event. 
a different type of video, but captured on film nonetheless, a brutal and senseless beating of a black man by four white police officers. And the city erupted in riots when those four police officers were found not guilty. It was terrifying to watch the city burn. Beyond belief to look out of my office window and try to decide if it was safer to keep my employees in the building or send them home, with National Guardsmen pointing rifles from rooftops all around us, and really disturbing to me now that I didn't understand at all what the real issue was. It wasn't just Rodney King. It was a long history of oppression, injustice, and inhumaneness. And the insane part is, it hasn't stopped. Time after time, we see the same story playing out on TV. We see the same response from our government or from our law enforcement officials. We see the lack of action on behalf of most people. We just let it happen over and over again. The governor of California said yesterday that black people are tired of waiting, and I can relate to that on a much, much smaller scale. Mindfulness includes examining our thoughts and feelings without judgment, and of course, observing others without judgment. I have to say, I'm really struggling with that right now on a scale that is upsetting to me. I'm judging myself for not knowing how to help. I'm judging those who are disrupting the peaceful protests and looting, setting fires, attacking police, and destroying people's lives. I'm judging government officials who are fanning the flames and increasing divisiveness and violence. I'm aware that I'm judging, which is in itself a mindful act, but I'm having much more difficulty than usual in processing it and getting recentered. I feel angry that change is so slow to take place. I feel frustration with people who claim racism doesn't exist. I feel aggravated that so many of us seem to understand that systemic racism does exist, yet have no idea how to fix it. That in itself is just confusing. Anger, frustration, aggravation, and confusion. Emotions exist to prompt action, but what action to take? I have no idea what to do with this yet. I also wonder how much the intensity of these emotions is a carry-forward from feeling constrained and inactive for weeks due to the shutdown that was already in progress before this occurred. A client called me yesterday to say she felt so sad and to ask what she could do to get rid of that feeling. Of course, we can't get rid of sadness, nor do I think we would want to in the long run. Sadness means we're empathetic and compassionate. We're feeling others' pain and suffering with them. I realized from that conversation that I feel sad, too. My heart goes out to all of the small businesses who have managed to hang on through the pandemic shutdown, only to have their businesses destroyed by opportunistic thieves and political instigators. I feel terrible for the many, many honorable peace officers around the country who are lumped in with people that should never have been given the power to harm others behind the shield of law enforcement. I feel sad for all of the people who have suffered under oppression, bias, discrimination, and hatred for no other reason than the color of their skin. And I feel sad that we will probably see more violence, more death, and more destruction in the coming days. 
It is heartening, however, to see how many people are volunteering to clean up each day from the previous night's mayhem, to see protesters trying to protect businesses from the looters, to see police officers protesting beside and kneeling with those trying to be seen and heard, to see protesters trying to protect police who get separated from their teams. It's encouraging to see other countries protesting in solidarity with the U.S., including England, Germany, Canada, Brazil, Ireland, France, and more. Artists drew an anti-racism mural in a besieged part of Syria. Chilean and Lebanese protesters offered protesters here advice on how to protect themselves from police abuse. It all reminds us that we are all connected. We all face similar issues, and we can all be part of the solution. So, mixed into all of the uncomfortable emotions I'm experiencing, there is also gratitude, empathy, and even hope. I'm probably not alone in having a mix of emotions that are difficult to manage. Breathing certainly helps, but I feel I need to do more. Maybe I'll look up Jane Elliott's teaching on racism, who I heard about today. Her main lesson sounds like a simple one, that there is only one race, the human race, and that's it. Maybe I need to get back to basics again, to remind myself of what racism means and feels like, to make sure I'm educated on a topic I can't personally experience in order to discover ways I can help. I teach change on an individual, group, and organizational level. I have no idea how you enact change at a societal level, so maybe it's time I look into it. We have so many real challenges facing us, from a global pandemic to climate change to socioeconomic crises to world hunger. Can't we direct our energies towards solving those problems instead of continuing old or creating new beliefs that insist on winners and losers? We don't need to keep some people down in order for others to rise. We can shift our thinking patterns to accept all people just as they are. We can actually change the power of our amygdalas to not automatically fear those who are different from us. Mindfulness and meditation can help us accomplish these feats. For now, I will breathe, meditate, and reflect. And the action I will take, for now, may be to simply further educate myself so that I may discover how I can help in a meaningful way. I will accept my feelings, judgments and all, with self-compassion, knowing that I can return to a place of non-judgment when I find what action my emotions are pushing me to take. When the time comes, I will take that action in a mindful and responsive way. Above all, I will remember that we can do better together. Sit comfortably straight and soften your gaze or close your eyes. Breathe in through your nose and hold for a count of one, two, three, four. Slowly exhale through the mouth. Relax your body. Fold 
focus on feeling kindness and empathy towards yourself and others all across the globe. Repeat these phrases. May I be well and safe. May I enjoy life to its fullest. May you be well and safe. May you enjoy life to its fullest. May we exist side by side living to our fullest potential. Continue feeling empathy and kindness, breathing normally. Picture sending out messages of loving kindness to those you know and those you have never met. Notice how good it feels to have and share these feelings. attention back to your physical surroundings. Take in a deep cleansing breath and stretch your body. I sincerely send you wishes of safety, clarity, and compassion. I hope you will use and spread your mindfulness practices. George Bernard Shaw said, Progress is impossible without change, and those who cannot change their minds cannot change anything. Through mindfulness, we know how to change our minds. And for that, I am deeply grateful. Life offers too many rich opportunities to just survive it even during challenging times. Our intention is to support you in thriving through a life of purpose and meaning. Until next time, please remember to be mindful. Visit our website at worktoliveproductions.com for a list of resources related to living and even thriving during stressful events. We also have an animated series, Here at Home, with helpful tips for those homebound due to current circumstances, as well as other video and audio resources and reading recommendations. Join us next week as we explore new beginnings with our guest, international coach and motivational speaker, Allison Canavan. Please subscribe to A Mindful Moment with Teresa McKee wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Please rate this podcast so that others can find us. And follow us on social media at work to live A Mindful Moment is written and hosted by Teresa McKee. The Spanish version is translated and recorded by Paola Tile. Intro music, Retreat, by Jason Farnham. Outro music, Morning Stroll, by Josh Kirsch, Meteorite Productions. Meditation music, Shattered Paths, by Akash Gandhi. This podcast is produced by Work to Live Productions. Thank you for tuning in.